Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Is on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is officially Saturday in all the continental 48 states. You know what that means? It's a college football and college basketball Saturday, which absolutely warms my heart. Here in the final hour, we're going to be going hard and heavy. When it comes to college football betting board, I'll give you a couple best bets for the Saturday. Also, going to refresh my near post pick for. College basketball as well, which I wanted pitting on in the first hour. So you're just going to get a medley of college sports here in the final hour. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun. And you know what? We've got to give some credit to the team behind the scenes that does an absolutely terrific job. I mean, week in and week out, you always hear my lovely voice. You hear my, you, I was about to say, you hear my face. I, I sure hope not. You see my face and the guys do an absolutely terrific job. Oliver, you're able to throw in there. Nick, my producer, Wyatt, Brad got me set up on audio. All you guys do a terrific job. So that way you won't be hearing my face. Instead, you'll be hearing my voice and seeing my face. And they're the guys that wind up keeping me out of the almighty ditch. So I appreciate those guys. They do absolutely tremendous work. One of the best that you're going to find in the business. These guys are absolutely terrific. So I certainly do appreciate them. And I appreciate just a board full of action for this Saturday. How about if we start out with a big one in the Big Ten? You've got the Ohio State University, and they are going to be taking on Michigan State. Not often that you see a battle of ranked teams, and you wind up seeing this just absolutely demonstrative of a line, but as of right now, a lot of spots, you're finding Michigan State as right around a 19-point underdog, and I'm taking the points here with Michigan State. It's just a couple too many. I do think that it's a Michigan State Defense that is not necessarily the world's most efficient, but 
when you're able to run the ball the way that they are, it winds up lessening the possessions in a game. I do think that this is going to be a big game on the ground for this Michigan State squad. And when it comes to Ohio State, no question. You've got C.J. Stroud, who's looking to get himself into the Heisman Trophy race. He's been able to do a great job all season long. 30 touchdowns, five interceptions. He has been highly efficient just in all facets of the game. But it's been so darn impressive to watch what Mr. Walker III has been able to do for this Michigan State team. We saw him just completely take over that primetime game against Michigan. Well, it should have been played in primetime, but it was a prime game. That's a little bit of a better way of putting it. But when it comes to Michigan State, no doubt this is a team that they've had a little bit of a problem being able to shut things down through the air. But I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game because once again, I do think that Michigan is going to be looking to run the ball. I think that you're going to have a couple fewer possessions in this game. As a result, I think that both of these teams, they're going to be scoring left and right when it comes to the possessions that they wind up getting. But being able to shorten it down, shorten it down a little bit more, I do think is going to cause for a little bit of a lower scoring game. We see it in the Big Ten, really other than Ohio State, Maryland has been able to move the ball a little bit as well. You have seen a lot of defense-oriented games. I think that this is going to be just a total that is a little bit too high. I'm going to be taking a look at the under. And when it comes to Michigan State, I do feel like they are catching a couple too many points in this spot. And thank goodness we've got this good one to be able to help us out on this Saturday. Because when it comes to the SEC, they do what they do every single year. They're going to be playing a bunch of the bum of the month club teams. And you're going to be finding these wind up getting it written in towards the bottom of the card and everything like this. Like you've got Georgia against Charleston Southern. I'm seeing this as a line of right in the neighborhood about 51 and a half points. And you'll find a little bit more variance when it comes to these lines as well, because well, bookmakers aren't used to having to handicap Charleston Southern against Georgia. You've got Tennessee state against Mississippi state. Mississippi state is laying North of 40 year. Prairie A&M is playing Texas A&M. Texas A&M laying north of 40 there. You got New Mexico State, just the human punching bag of the FBS. They're going to be going up against our good friends out there with Kentucky. But fortunately, in the SEC, we've got a saving grace. Alabama versus Arkansas. In the games that are involving FCS teams, I always default to just taking the points a little bit more often than not, just because oftentimes when you wind up finding these north of 40 point spreads, even if a team is really dominant, you'll find it in the fourth quarter. The walk-ons wind up getting on the field. Little Susie's cheering on her little brother, Johnny, who's finally getting a chance to be able to play for insert power school here. So I wind up leaning towards points, but this is a much better matchup. Alabama versus Arkansas. Alabama, 20 and a half point favorite. Your total on this game, it is 58. And when it comes to this Alabama bunch, I mean, it's been absolutely remarkable to see what they've been able to do, just both offensively and defensively. They did wind up having that loss against Texas A&M earlier in the season. But I do think that this is going to be a higher scoring game just because with Arkansas, they are a little bit suspect when it comes to defense. We wound up seeing that game earlier in the year against Ole Miss. But this is an offense that they're able to light it up as well. Alabama, they've had, for the most part, good defensive performances. But you can tell that it's a team in which if they wind up giving up a little bit early, it can snowball on them, which I think that that's something that you want to be taking note of. And a team that could cause things to snowball on you very early is a team like Arkansas, who's got a guy in KJ Jefferson who's able to do just so many different things for this team. He's been efficient, 17 touchdowns at three interceptions on the ground. He's already given himself five touchdowns previous four years, four touchdowns combined on the ground. So 
he has been able to do an even better job of that. And when it comes to Jefferson, he's a guy that is just pretty efficient in general. He has been able to complete 65% of his passes in bigger games. He's been able to come up bigger himself. So that is something that I do like. Now you've got the Heisman front runner in Mr. Young, who has been absolutely amazing for Alabama. 33 touchdowns, three interceptions, a guy that is completing more than two thirds of his passes. And he's backed up by a, a running back. I feel like has went a little bit under the radar in Brian Robinson Jr. He's already racked up 14 touchdowns this season. You take a look at him doing all that he's doing, and it's incredible. Now, the game against LSU was a little bit of black eye on him. He wasn't able to get 20 yards in that contest, but when it comes to this Arkansas versus Alabama game, I do think that you're going to get a relatively high-scoring game. I think it's going to be hard for either defense to really be able to stop each other, and we're just seeing it in general when it comes to Arkansas. They have been able to play this year quite a few higher-scoring games, and I feel like when it comes to totals, they've been one of the more volatile teams. When it comes to college football as well, we've seen a couple Arkansas games in which it's been very low and slow. And then there are other games that they have just gotten outside of themselves. I think that both of these teams are destined to be able to score four plus touchdowns. If I were looking at a side, I'd be taking a look at Arkansas with the 20 and a half a little bit more than I'd be looking to lay it with Alabama. The Crimson Tide, no question. They are really doing a nice job this season. But at the same time, I do feel like 20 and a half might be a little bit too lofty for an Arkansas team that they've been able to hang in there with some very good competition. So we'll be taking a look at the points and the over in this spot. When it comes to more of the early window, when it comes to this college football Saturday, we've got a lot of games going down at 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon Eastern. And this one really catches my eye. The fact that you've got Wake Forest and Clemson doing battle. So weird to see Clemson outside the top 25. And they're finding themselves as an honor is an unranked favorite at home against a top 10 school in Wake Forest. And typically these are spots in which the home, the home favorite that is going up against a ranked team, they typically do pretty well. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I mean, this is a really sneaky spot here. And I do think that Clemson is going to be able to cover this number with Clemson. They were able to get a little bit of a confidence booster going up against UConn last week. And then they're an offense that in general, it was just really rudderless at the beginning of the year. You can tell that Uwe Ungerle was just not giving you much in general. And then you've got a Wake Forest team that they're just not stopping a nosebleed at this point. Really, the only team that they've shut down is Duke. And Duke right now is a coach in David Cutcliffe that he's still sucking like 2005 at this point. He was a terrific coach for so many years. The game has just passed him by. But when it comes to this Clemson bunch, what I think is going to be just key for them is being able to get a little bit of a ground game going. We have noticed that you've been able to get a little bit more this and that whenever Will Shipley has been out of the fold. He wound up missing the game against UConn, so that was a little bit of an issue for the team. He's been able to rush for seven touchdowns this season. Sounds like they might be able to get him at a little bit more of full health, which I think would be very key for this Clemson team. And when it comes to Clemson as well, it's a defense that has always been solved for this team. I mean, the Clemson defense has really not been the issue. Is it as good as when they were going to the national title game year in and year out? No, but at the same time, they certainly have been able to hold up at the point of attack. That's not necessarily the issue. And what is really the issue for Wake Forest, and I mentioned it with Shipley winding up not playing in that game against UConn, the fact that they're giving up over 200 yards on the ground, that is where Clemson is going to need to hit them and is going to need to hit them hard. This is a Clemson bunch that if they're able to move the ball on the ground, they should be able to win this game outright with Clemson. I mean, we've even seen it with their losses. Their losses have all been relatively close. It's not like this team has been blown off the field at any point this season. They seem to be gaining a little bit more confidence. Now, if you want to take them against our good friends, the Florida State Seminoles a few weeks ago, got very lucky on that one, but 
So I think that this is a Clemson team that they're going to be able to do just enough on defense. It's a spot in which I take a look at the total at 57, and you've got sort of two varying things right now. You've got the Wake Forest bunch, who I was mentioning a little bit earlier. They're giving up a whole bunch of yards on the ground, but at the same time, Hartman and company have really had this thing humming on offense. Meanwhile, you've got a Clemson defense that is still one of the best in all of college football. I always tend to lean a little bit more towards defense in this. If I were taking a look at the total, my play would be on the under, especially now that you're at 57. You get yourself off of 56. I think that that could wind up being pretty significant here, but I do think that there's a little bit of value here when it comes to Clemson, a team that has been rapidly improving. And for Wake Forest, you just question how much of their very early start was just a product of just the situations for one and two, the fact that they did wind up being up on some dregs. I mean, you wind up playing Old Dominion, Norfolk State, the Army game, which was 70 to 56, about as unarmy like as Army football winds up getting. So I do think that a lot of that has to do with it. You still got a Clemson bunch of which got the pedigree of a team that year in and year out is so gosh darn competitive, a team that they always wind up giving team fits. So I would be looking to lay it here with Clemson and I'd be taking a look at taking this little under as well as I lean to a little bit more of a defensive slobber knocker. So we've got ourselves some of the big games for the early window all caught up upon. Now we've got to take a look at some of the games that are going to be going on later in the afternoon. We're going to be doing quite a bit more of that next as we're going all college heavy in the final segment as well. Going to give you guys a little bit more college basketball too. So all that and more is on the way right here on the Greg Peterson Experience. And you're listening to us right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Today's episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod previews graded stakes for races this Saturday in Kentucky, California, and New York. Trainer Jack Sisterin talks about Channel Cats' bid to be able to win the Red Smith Stakes at Aqueduct. You've also got TV analyst James Scully, who takes a look at this weekend at Churchill Downs and a long look to next year's Kentucky Derby. Race day, Las Vegas of Ralph Sirocco winds up handicapping all the races as well. You're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or just download it right now at bsin.com slash podcast and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. That is sponsored by First Bet. As we're back here, it is the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson, and we've got ourselves a lot of great action that's going to be going down on this college football Saturday. Talked a lot about the early games. We're going to be hitting on another game in the SEC a little bit later, but now we've got to turn our attention a little bit more to the Big 12. How about if we go with Baylor versus Kansas State? I was talking a little bit about how Clemson was a team that I liked despite the fact that they were laying points against a ranked team. You've got another battle of a team that is a little bit of a favorite, a very, very slight one, because I'm seeing at most places Kansas State being a one-point favorite against Baylor, but by which I'd be taking a look at Baylor on the money line. It is a little bit dicey when you wind up having these very, very short road underdogs when they are ranked against an unranked team, but I just love what I've seen out of Baylor in general. Dave Aranda has done an incredible job of being able to coach up this team. They wind up being able to get that nice win against Oklahoma. And what has been really key for Baylor, once again, is the defense. They've been able to quite a few unders in recent weeks. They wind up having a good showing against Oklahoma. They wind up holding them to 14 points. And for Oklahoma, they're just playing musical quarterback at this point, which that's never necessarily too terrific. And the reason why Baylor is able to control games so easily is because you've got a running back like Abram Smith. He has been doing just absolutely amazing work for this team. A little bit over seven yards per carry in that game against Oklahoma. Racked up a buck 48. And for that matter, he's had 125 plus yards each out of the last four weeks. He has been nothing short of superb. Really the lone hiccup that you're able to throw out there for this Baylor bunch is the fact that they did wind up losing to TCU a few weeks ago. And I just don't know how. I don't know why, but... Whenever you have a situation like TCU wound up having, because as we know, Gary Patterson, just before that game, he and the university have parted ways. Whenever you wind up having a coaching change, whenever you wind up having adversity, things like this, it always seems like the team that winds up losing their coach or star player or what have you, it's as if they wind up just taking some secret potion and all of a sudden they play 15 times better than what they normally do. 
I mean, it just happens every single time. I think that Bill Simmons of the ringer calls it the fallen man theory, but I mean, that was what Kansas State, or that's what Baylor wound up falling victim to. Now, here against Kansas State, I don't think it's necessarily going to be the same thing with Baylor. I do think that they're going to be able to do a solid job of being able to bottle up this Kansas State offense as Kansas State in general has just been a team that has been not necessarily doing the world's greatest job of being able to move the ball through the air. This is a team that they pride themselves on a little bit more of sloppier, grimier football as well. So I do think that that's going to cause for things to be very intriguing. But what I think is going to be so critical for this Baylor team is just being able to force some turnovers in general. We saw them be able to get a pair of picks last week against Oklahoma, causing the team to go to Spencer Radler. And you take a look at Skylar Thompson, and he hasn't necessarily been that special for this Kansas State team. He's someone that hasn't necessarily turned the ball over a lot, but they just haven't asked a lot out of him. Like in the game against Kansas, 19 of 24, 14 of 19 last week against West Virginia. It's just one of those things where he's very much like a saltine cracker without the salt. He's not going to give you a whole heck of a lot. That's good. It's not necessarily something that is bad though either. So I mean, that's just where he's at at this point, but I do think that Baylor going to be able to do a rock solid job of being able to bottle things up when it comes to the ground game. I think that they're going to be able to, they themselves hold on to the football. And I do think that they're going to go on the road. Not necessarily an easy place to play when it comes to Manhattan, Kansas. And I think that they get the job done. I'm willing to take Baylor on the money line, which if you're taking a look at the money line, you're going to be finding it in a lot of places right around a plus 105. You might be finding a tad bit better. You might be finding a tad bit worse. But right now, finding Baylor as a very, very short underdog. We've been talking quite a bit about the ACC here in the first few segments, and let's continue on with it. I think that this Pittsburgh versus Virginia game is very intriguing. Right now, you've got a Pittsburgh team that has, in my opinion, a guy that deserves some shine for the Heisman Trophy and Kenny Pickett. They are going to be going up against Virginia with Pittsburgh. You're finding them as a favorite of right around 14 and a half points in most spots, and your total on this game, it is 66. I've been talking about it a lot when it comes to the show, just everything that we're seeing when it comes to when it comes to unders, when it comes to college football, when it comes to the NBA, when it comes to college football, in, and when it comes to the NFL as well. And it's another spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at an under here. Now, Pittsburgh has been a very explosive offense. Pickett, 32 touchdowns, four interceptions, two, or 3,500 yards throwing. But I do think that Virginia is going to be able to have a little bit of a tough time moving the ball in general. We've seen Pittsburgh's defense in recent weeks look a little bit better. So that's a little bit of the cap to them. And Virginia is just coming off a really bad offensive performance. They wound up putting up three points against Notre Dame. Prior to that, they had really been humming. But I have to wonder if there's going to be some lingering effects from what we wound up seeing last week with Virginia. A relatively balanced offense as well. Last week, they just couldn't get anything going whatsoever. Jay Wolfolk has been able to do a nice job for this bunch whenever he's been out there, but I mean, certainly he's a little bit more of a mobile threat, and I just have to question how much Wolfolk is going to be able to give this team in general because I mean, you could tell that the drop-off was very significant when it comes to this Cavaliers team, when it comes to Virginia in general. It's a squad in which I just year in and year out, they're a tough team to be able to gauge because it feels like they're a team that they should be better on defense than what they are. Brendan Armstrong being very questionable for this game. That is just something that you got to be taking a look at in general because when it comes to Virginia, I'm just unsure of what they're going to be able to get in this game. Meanwhile, for Pittsburgh, they're an improving defense. They're a team that you know what you're going to be able to get out of them week in and week out. So I take a look at this spot. It's a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the under just because with Virginia, you do have a little bit of a ground game. But when it comes to 
what you're going to be able to get out of Armstrong if he winds up playing in this game, which I think that it's leaning a little bit more doubtful than not, but obviously you want to be taking a look at that in the morning. I think that it's going to be very limited. I do think that it's a Virginia defense in which they're going to do everything humanly possible to be able to bottle up Kenny Pickett. I don't know how much success they're going to have, but at the same time, I do think that the book is getting out a little bit more on Pittsburgh as well. So I lean to an under in that one. I also lean towards just taking a look at what we're going to be getting a little bit more in this earlier earlier slate between Oklahoma and Iowa State as well. I was talking about Oklahoma a little bit earlier with going into the game with Baylor, the fact that they did not wind up looking so good. I feel like the market has crashed on them a little bit too much in this game against Iowa State. Right now, you're finding Oklahoma as a three and a half point favorite with a total of 59 and a half. And when it comes to Oklahoma, certainly playing musical chairs at quarterback is something that you really don't want to be doing. But with that said, I mean, whether it be Spencer Rattler, whether it be whether it be Caleb Williams, what have you. I mean, this is still a team that I have a whole heck of a lot more faith in rather than what you're going to be able to get on the other side in Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is pretty average. He has been someone that year in and year out, I've expected a little bit more from. He hasn't necessarily been able to deliver for this Iowa State team. He's been, once again, relatively okay, giving you right around 15 touchdowns, six interceptions, does a little bit of this and that. And Brees Hall has been a superb running back for this Iowa State team. He's got 16 touchdowns. He's got five and a half yards per carry. If Iowa State was actually living up to their aspirations, he'd be getting a lot more national shine than he's getting right now. But when it comes to Oklahoma, no doubt defense has always been a little bit of an issue, but you've seen a little bit more of something out of them. The game against Baylor certainly was not on the defense. It was just the fact that they were turning the ball over left, right, and sideways. And when it comes to Oklahoma, I do think that they just have so many weapons in general that no matter what winds up happening at the quarterback spot for this team, they're going to be able to take it and run with it. Kennedy Brooks has been absolutely amazing out of the backfield for this team. He's already been able to rack up 10 touchdowns. And when you're able to throw out a guy like a Marvin Mins, who is one of the best home run threats that you're able to find in college football, not a guy that's necessarily going to be the guy that you look to on like a third and eight to be able to pick up 10 yards or anything like that. But when you want the home run, you're able to look to him. He's been able to do a great job of being able to check all those boxes when it comes to Iowa State in general as well. It's just a bunch of which it always feels like in big moments they wind up shrinking. I don't know how and I don't know why, but when it comes to Cyclones, I mean, every single year it seems like they're going to be able to take that next step forward. It seems like, all right, they're finally in a little bit of a good spot. And every single time they wind up going up against a ranked team, whenever it looks like, all right, things are going well for Iowa State, they wind up just not being able to live up to the moment. And they're coming off of, what was a relatively tough loss against Texas Tech last week? They wind up losing a three-point heartbreaker. And just in general, Iowa State has been a vastly different team on the road than they have been at home as well. The defense has just not been there when they're on the road. Meanwhile, at home, the defense has been very locked down. Now, I think a product of that is the fact that their last win against Texas a few weeks ago, that just is beginning to look worse and worse with Texas losing to Kansas, which is just laughably, laughably bad. Shout out to Lions Lightbulb, by the way. Someone who actually used to coach at the Division Three level in the conference I used to wind up covering, but still, it has been an Iowa State team that has been badly disappointing. Oklahoma hasn't necessarily been rock solid this year, but I think that this is a very good buy low spot on Oklahoma. So I'm going to be looking to lay the points here. And coming up next, we've looked at a lot of the early slate in college football. Let's go with a couple of the later games, including a ranked battle in the Pac-12. Next, right here on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. You're exposed.
experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. College basketball season is back and in full force, and now is the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide, and you're able to get it for just 10 bucks. This year's guide has everything that you need to bet on all the games all season long. You get odds, trends, power rankings, and analysis for all 358 D1 teams. Our team of experts, including myself, Greg Pearson. Don't know why they allowed that guy in there, but somehow, someway, they did. Matt Humans, Tim Murray, and so many others provide their predictions, win totals, futures, conference champions, tournament teams, player awards. list goes on and on. Sign up now and get your copy for just $9.99. That is at bsin.com slash subscribe as we're back here. It is the Greg Peterson experience with myself, Greg Peterson. We've looked at a lot of the early slate when it comes to this college football Saturday. Now let's take a look at a conference that they might be able to get this team in the college football playoff, but if they wind up going down to Utah, Pac-12 is going to be shut out of the college football playoff. How about if we go Oregon versus Utah? Utah bunch has looked relatively solid recently, and despite the fact that they're the lower-ranked team, they are finding themselves as a home favorite between three and three-and-a-half points. Seeing a stray, I'm seeing a stray seems like two-and-a-half out there as well, but that is very stray and your total on this game you're finding it at 59 but when it comes to Utah I've been highly impressed by what I've seen out of them it just feels like Oregon time and time again they've sort of been skating by they wind turning it on a little bit late and you can even go back to as far as that Arizona game a few weeks ago it was just sort of like they were sort of sleepwalking they got the W but at the same time they barely wound up doing so and at some point that is going to bite you in the butt when it comes to this Oregon bunch, they have been really playing with fire the last few weeks. That game against Washington State wasn't necessarily as commanding as the 38-24 to final score would seem to indicate. They were barely able to get that win against UCLA. They had a tough time against Cal. I mean, the list goes on and on. And this is a Utah team in which they wound up having some trials and tribulations towards the beginning part of the year. But this is a team that they are now firing all cylinders. They've gotten three straight wins, all doing so in Pretty convincing fashion. The game against Arizona last week wasn't necessarily the world's greatest performance, but the guy that I like for this team is someone that is probably going to be out, Tavion Thomas. It seems like he is not going to be able to go in this game, so that is something that you do want to be noting. With Tavion Thomas being a little bit injured, if he does wind up going, it is probably going to be on a limited basis, so you've got to be taking a little bit more of a look at the aerial attack when it comes to Utah. And with Utah, what has been good about this team is that they just don't turn the ball over much in general. That is really a redeeming quality for them. Cameron Reesing has been able to give you right around 1,700 yards with Reesing. He's been able to give you 14 touchdowns, two interceptions. So he's been able to come in, do a solid job of just giving you a little bit of this and that. And he's been able to be a good threat on the ground as well. He's been able to chip in there four touchdowns. You've also got a guy, Micah Bernard, who's able to take the load off. He's able to take a couple carries for the team. He's been relatively solid. In that game against Arizona, only wound up having 34 yards, but the week before that against Stanford, he wound up racking up a buck 10 and a touchdown. So he's able to take a little bit of the load off, depending on what you wind up getting out of Thomas. And then for the flip side, for Oregon, it's really been a dual threat for them as well, which has been able to help them out. But when it comes to Oregon, what I think is going to be really key for them is what you're going to be able to get out of Mr. Die as you've been able to have Travis I give you right around 12 touchdowns this season. He has really been a bell cow running back for the team and has really taken the pressure off of a aerial attack that 
It isn't what you'd necessarily expect out of Oregon. Anthony Brown has been able to do a good job as a little bit of dual threat, but he's not necessarily a guy that does the world's best job when it comes to the deep ball, so that is a little bit of an issue. He's had three interceptions over the course of the last four weeks as well, so he can sometimes make a couple of mistakes. And when it comes to Utah, this has been, in my opinion, really the best defense I've seen out there in the Pac-12. They've done a good job of holding teams down the last few weeks. That has been something that has really been standing out to me. And when it comes to this Utah bunch, they just have one of the best home field advantages in all of college football. Having to go to some of these places that are a little bit more remote, that are a little bit more elevated, like you're going to find in Salt Lake City. That is something that I always think needs to be played into your handicap. That goes for both college football and college basketball. When you wind up making those long road trips, you wind up going to a place in which it's a little bit more difficult to get to. That is something that I always think winds up taking a little bit more out of a team as well. It's a little bit of a wonky start time at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. So sort of like it's not the latest of the late games, but at the same time, it certainly is not in the early window as well. So the timing is a little bit strange, and I do think that that could wind up throwing Oregon for a little bit of a loop as well. I take a look at Utah. I think that they're going to be able to hold up on their home field. They've really been firing all cylinders the last few weeks. The Arizona game wasn't necessarily the world's greatest, but at the same time, you take a look at the recent form of Oregon. They've just been skating by. I don't think that they're going to be able to do so this week. So I'm going to be taking a look at Utah playing the points here in a battle of what I think is going to be really what determines whether or not the Pac-12 is going to be able to get a team into the college football playoff. Neither of these teams are certainly going to be going to the college football playoff as you got the good old USC versus UCLA battle and the battle for LA sees UCLA as a bit of a favorite here. You're finding them in most places right around three and a half point favorite total is ranging between 65 and a half and 66. And when it comes to USC, I mean, this has just been a bad situation as Caden Slovis is not going to be playing in this game. He wound up getting banged up. So you have to go down the depth chart for the USC Trojans, who are 4-5 and five to start with. They may or may or not wind up be getting into a bowl game at this point, as strange as it is to say. Jackson Dart is going to be getting the start. And for Dart, well, he's been throwing a couple darts, as he has been able to give you a little bit of this and that. He's been able to get out there for 81 passes so far this year. Six touchdowns, which in 81 passes, that's relatively solid. Three interceptions. Which in 81 passes, that's not necessarily so great. So you've seen really the best of them and the worst of them. Did not wind up seeing any action last week. Did wind up seeing quite a bit against Arizona State a few weeks ago. He wound up having an interception in that game. So I mean, not necessarily what you want for USC and then for UCLA. The defense has been a little bit of a sip ever since they wound up having that very good start to the year. They've really slipped back a little bit themselves. And when you... Take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of UCLA moving forward. It's just a bunch of which I feel like it's a little bit of a hodgepodge because it just feels like every single time Chip Kelly seems to be getting some footing. Every single time things seem to be going right, you wind up having a big giant letdown. And it's been that for UCLA all year long. I mean, every single time that things seem to be going well, they wind up taking a really bad loss. Right when you wind up giving up on UCLA though as well, they wind up surprising you a little bit as well. So, I mean, it's just the cycle of life right now when it comes to UCLA. Dorian Thompson-Robinson has been able to put up some very solid numbers. A guy that is able to give you a little bit of this and that. And he's been able to air it out a little bit better recently. But at the same time, he's also been making quite a few mistakes. An interception in each out of the last two games for this bunch as well. 
when you take a look at these respective defenses. Certainly, you haven't been able to get a whole lot of good defense when it comes to the aerial attack, when it comes to the UCLA squad, but at the same time, Dart is someone that I don't necessarily have a lot of faith in to be able to move the ball as well. USC has been getting bludgeoned on the ground game as well. And then when you take a look at UCLA and what they're going to be able to get on the ground, I think that they're going to be able to do a relatively solid job. The spot in which I do think that this is a relatively appropriate line. I think that if anything, I'd be looking to lay the points here with UCLA. But what I'm really looking at is the total just because I mentioned it. The fact that Kane Slovis not going to be out there on the field for UCLA. I do think that, or for USC, for USC as well, when it comes to this team, it's just really hard to have a lot of faith in them being able to put up much of anything whatsoever. It's just a team that's in complete and utter limbo. I could wind up seeing them do what Temple wound up doing a couple days ago in college basketball and just pretty much quit on the game. So I take a look at this. I'm taking a look at the under. If I'd be looking at anything on the spread, it would be insert not USC here because, I mean, it's not really a play on UCLA. It's just a bet that USC is going to do relatively nothing. And, well, if you've been betting on UCLA or if you've been betting on USC to do relatively nothing all year long, well, congratulations. It has been going very solidly for you. Got a lot of just games in general that do have a lot of intrigue. And it's going to be a little bit more of a front-loaded slate. You're going to notice that when it comes to the ranked games, the last one is going to be at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So you want to be preparing for that accordingly. But what I do think is going to be of intrigue as well is what you're going to be seeing out there with UTSA, UT San Antonio, undefeated team. They're only laying four and a half points against a UAB squad that has been relatively solid in Conference USA, but at the same time, a three-loss team. And I think that this always has a lot of intrigue when you take a look at it because the Roadrunners have been able to do an incredible job this year, a team that we have always revered in the bottom 25 when it comes to the college football rankings. They've always been one of those drags, but they've got one of the best rush defenses in all of college football. And that's really the way that UAB looks to be able to move the ball. Dwayne McBride has been absolutely tremendous for this UAB team. He's been able to give you right around six and a half yards per carry. He's been able to rack up 10 touchdowns. It's a UAB team that they don't necessarily move the ball a lot through the air, but I do think that UTSA should be able to get it done. I think the four and a half is a little bit too short here. So I'm going to be looking to lay the points here with the Roadrunners and something that I'm going to be looking to do next, just give you guys everything that I've got for this Saturday. Going to be giving you guys a little bit of college football going to be giving you guys a little bit of college basketball as well. So you're going to get the wide smorgasbord of picks. And that is coming up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with five good things. 
a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is Twenty Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. We do it every year, and it is back. The VSIN Black Friday offer is here right now. When you sign up for our mid-season $99 special, you'll also receive a $20 credit to the VEASAN store. store. Get all of our experts' sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus 20 buckaroos to be able to buy whatever you'd like in terms of sports betting gear, whether that be shirts, hats, mugs, other great gear. Maybe get yourself a nice little stocking stuffer as well. Hurry up. This is a limited time offer. So sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift. That is at vcin.com slash subscribe as it is the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience. Have no fear though. We've got you covered wall-to-wall coverage all day long when it comes to this college football and now college basketball Saturday as well. I know that Femi Obabefe and company are going to have you covered on Point Spread Saturday and all throughout the day. You're going to be getting live action. You're going to be getting updates where the money's moving. So we've got you covered all here on the Sports Betting Network. But i got to get you covered on a little bit of college basketball. My name is Hoop, so I have to live up to it. And I always give out a college basketball pick every single day for the New York Post. Today, we wound up going to what was known as Bubbleville last year. It's... It's Mohegan Sun out there in Connecticut. You've got North Carolina and Purdue doing battle. And spot where I think that you're going to see a whole bunch of scoring. A hot trend that I've been taking a look at when it comes to Purdue. They have played 35 neutral court games the last five years. 30 of them have went over. And now they're playing against a North Carolina team, which they slow down for absolutely nobody whatsoever. With Hubert Davis, they certainly have had a much more of, they've, been looking to shoot much more threes. They're a team that in the past 
They weren't necessarily the world's greatest three-point shooting team, but at the same time, they would get those second and third chances with guys that were like seven feet tall. And they still have one of those guys, Aaron Armando Baycott, someone that's been able to give the team three blocks per game, but with North Carolina. In terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, they do rank in the bottom 200 of all of college basketball, so they have not necessarily been south there, despite the fact that their competition hasn't necessarily been the best. Loyal Maryland, Brown, and then they wind up playing against Charleston as well. So when they wind up facing off against an offense like Purdue, that ranks in the top 10 when it comes to points scored on a per-possession basis. I don't think that it's necessarily going to go well for them, and this is the absolutely terrible matchup for North Carolina to go away from getting so many of those rebounds because now you've got Zach Eady, who's just seven foot four, absolutely gigantic, has been doing a great job down low. You've got him paired up with Travion Williams, who's now coming off the bench, by the way. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. He's a guy that can compete for an All-American spot. I mean, he'd be starting on just about any other roster in all of college basketball. And then with Purdue, Sasha Savanovich, a north of 40% career three-point shooter. He's able to really pump him in. You got a North Carolina team that they just don't force turnovers whatsoever. In terms of the 358 D1 teams, they're 351st when it comes to turnovers forced on a per-possession basis. And with Purdue, they're not necessarily a team that's going to get out there and run, but they are not at all uncomfortable with running it and gunning it. And you got a North Carolina team that they're playing at one of the quicker tempos in all of college basketball. Now that you've got Hubert Davis in the fold. So I take a look at this spot. I do think that it is going to be very high scoring. I wound up saying my total personally more around a 161 and a half. So here in a lot of spots, we're finding it out of 153. I'm going to be taking a look at the over. I also wanted making Purdue a seven and a half point favorite. When it came to coming into the year, I wound up having Purdue as my number two team in the Big Ten. Number one, I wound up having Michigan. Michigan, if you want to take the closing number, wound up being able to cover against UNLV. If you wound up taking the opener of 14, they were not able to. They wind up getting a 13-point win. Goes to show how much the bookmakers know. That was a very good call on their part. But when it comes to what you're going to be finding in general out there in the Big Ten, I now am starting to put Purdue more in the number one spot personally. You've got so many guys like Jaden Ivey and company. They're taking that big leap from freshman to sophomore year. So I do think that that is something to take a look at. So I'm going to be laying the points here with Purdue, and I'm going to be taking a look at the over, which you're going to be able to find a little bit more information on that on the New York Post. And VEASAN, the good folks over here, have been able to get you guys covered on that as well. So we've got it all around. And what we've got all around is college football today. I wanted to touching on quite a few of these games a little bit earlier. So we'll just refresh what I like as of right now. Michigan State, I like the 19 points with them against Ohio State. Certainly not going to be taking a look at them outright, but I do think that there's some value. You've got a very questionable quarterback situation when it comes to Virginia. I know that Pittsburgh has been a pretty high-octane offense, but taking a look at the under, I wound up getting 66 and a half. I wound up mentioning the fact that Kane Slovis is going to be out for USC. So we're going to be going under 66 in that game when it comes to the Pac-12 as well. Laid three with Utah against Oregon. Seeing quite a few three and a halves now. If you wind up having a three and a half, I would still be looking to lay it with Utah. I think that this is going to be a flat spot for Oregon. And then I also do like this Arkansas versus Alabama game. I actually wound up taking the over in this game. I do think that's going to be a little bit higher scoring, but that's what we're going to be taking a look at with regards to those five games and we've got a couple other ones that are going to be coming up as I mentioned a little bit earlier this is going to be a slate in which it's a little bit more front heavy you are going to be having the game out there in Hawaii but really past that you don't have a whole heck of a lot after 5 p.m pacific time you do have a little bit of pac 12 after dark when it comes to Arizona State and Oregon State but do be mindful of that 
but you do have a little bit of a sneaky game, in my opinion, that's going to be coming up a little bit later, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern time. You've got Auburn versus South Carolina. Auburn wound up opening up a 10.5 point favorite. We have seen that come down in a lot of spots to anywhere between 7.5 and 8. And your total for this game it is anywhere between 44.5 and 45. And just looking at the SEC in general, there has been a lot of value when it comes to these home teams. So I do think that that is something that you want to be gauging when it comes to the SEC. I mean, we've seen it time and time again how difficult it is to wind up going on the road and being able to get these wins. Now, when it comes to South Carolina, Certainly has been a little bit of a rough first year for this new coaching regime, but at the same time with Auburn, they are dealing with quite a few injuries as well, which is something that you no doubt want to be taking a look at when it comes to Auburn. What has really been a good thing for this team is the fact that they have not been turning the ball over too much, but when it comes to Bo Nix, he's got a broken ankle. He's not going to be going in this game, which is why we have really seen that line move. I do think that Brian Harson is doing a good job of being able to coach these guys up, but now you're going to be having to look at a little bit of a backup quarterback situation. We know that South Carolina wound up going through that as well as Zeb Noland, who wound up being the gentleman that wound up starting out as a graduate assistant for South Carolina. He wound up making the first start of the year against Eastern Illinois. So, I mean, you've got a pair of teams that have been dealing certainly with their quarterback situations, which is also why you've just seen this total crash. I mean, a 44 and a half in the SEC a few years ago was a little bit more common than it is right now. Right now, you've got all these teams that they're just looking to be able to get faster. They're looking to be able to put points up in the bushel full. But when it comes to this Auburn team, I just cannot take a look at them here because especially you're getting that hook when it comes to South Carolina. I do think that there's relatively solid value. And when it comes to Bo Nix, it sounded like this guy was explosive. It sounded like he was giving you a whole bunch of just deep balls or anything like that. But at the same time, he was doing a relatively solid job of being able to hold it down for this offense. And then when you take a look at this <clears throat> South Carolina team, Luke Doughty has been able to give you a little bit of this and that. Certainly someone that has dealt with a couple of injuries of his own, wound up throwing a pair of interceptions in that game against Vanderbilt. But at the same time, he's been able to do just enough for this South Carolina team to be able to get things online. Now, the wins against Troy and Vanderbilt, that's not necessarily great when it comes to the South Carolina team. But at the same time, when it comes to South Carolina, it's a bunch in which you've got just a wide variety of things going on with the team. I do think that they are going to be able to hold up. The defense has not necessarily been too bad. You've got Saquande White, who's been able to team up with Kevin Harris out there in the backfield. I think that both of these guys are going to be able to give you a little bit of something with White. He was able to have a touchdown in that last game against Missouri. So you got a little bit of this and that going on. But when it comes to South Carolina, I do think that they're going to be able to cover against an Auburn team, in which you just got a lot of moving parts with this team. I think that it becomes really difficult when you do wind up losing someone like a Bo Nix. Now, Auburn's defense has been able to hold up as well, which is why you're just seeing this total just as low as low winds up getting. Got a pair of teams that have had their quarterback concerns. Doty has been injured. You've had Zeb Nolan give you starts. You've got Bo Nix out for Auburn. So, I mean, it's just all over the map when it comes to this, but it's a spot in which I do think that South Carolina getting a little bit north of a touchdown that is going to be able to provide you a little bit of value. And in general, you're going to be able to find a lot of value, in my opinion, on the board when it comes to a lot of these home teams in college football. And I always stress it when it comes to what we're just seeing, when it comes to all sports, whether it comes to the NFL, college football, college basketball, the NBA, we're seeing quite a bit of an undertrend. Right now, college football has really been the least of all the sports, but still, 
52.8% of games have been going under thus far this college football season. And when it comes to home underdogs in college football, they're hitting right around 51%. So that has dried up a little bit, but something that is always able to hold it down, something that is always able to be great. That would be all the coverage over here at the Vegas Heads and Information Network. We've got you covered all throughout this wonderful college football Saturday. Also going to be keeping you guys informed as to everything we're going to be getting in college basketball and get you set for NFL Sunday as well. All that and more is right here on VEASAN, the sports betting network all throughout this wonderful Saturday. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app.